the Tea Health Show, the medical lifestyle show. This is the Tea Health Show with Chris Avon Smith and Dr. Mark Opperman. In Mark, welcome. Good morning, Chris. How are you? All good, thank you. Okay, so today we are talking about a subject that few men actually know anything about and most women battle with. In studio, we have Sister Elise. Elise, welcome. Um, this is something that you brought to my attention um, a while ago, and I said we need to talk about this because uh, we can change people's lives. The female orgasm. Chris, did you know that 25 to 42% of women battle achieving an orgasm? And I did not know that. If Good we, Lord, that's That's crazy. And if we look at the age distribution... Of women under the age of 49, 25% will battle at some point with um, achieving an orgasm. And this is a shocking statistic. The moment that women become menopausal at the age of 50, up to 42% will have difficulty or not be able to achieve an orgasm. And this is what we're going to speak about today. So Elise, um, something for me that was fascinating. As a boy, um, you know, but achieving orgasm was, oh. um, but apparently in women, this is a learned behavior. Absolutely a learned behavior. So explain that because um, I think this is where the root of a lot of problems lie. I think we can go back to... Um, uh, experimentation by children, etc., with their own body parts, and um, it's absolutely absolutely a question of anatomy for women. Um, even though, uh, as you mentioned, only about twenty years ago, we we found out about the properly found out about the female anatomy. Yes, that was to me that was shocking. Exactly. Um there was a, a there is a female urologist um that in the late nineteen nineties, not eighteen nineties, nineteen nineties, which means that it's less than twenty five years ago, was the first woman to accurately or first person to accurately Describe the female sexual, especially clitoral anatomy. But I mean, that's just bizarre. It is bizarre. Why? Because traditionally, the realm of medicine and especially, uh, specifically experimental medicine, etc., etc., was left over to men and they just didn't care. Yes. And what is interesting about the anatomy of the female clitoris, it is a mini-me of a penis. But that, I, that I've seen and it, it, it astounded me when yeah. I saw it for the first time. Well, you know what? Uh, further on that, all mammals possess a clitoris. All mammals. Hmm. Good, but, but Human, you're blowing my mind this morning, I must the, tell you. The, the female clitoris differ um, from most other mammals in the sense that the urethra does not open through the clitoris but beneath it. Okay, okay. Um, and when we look at it, 
most of our mammal species, including birds, have a bone in both the clitoris and the penis, except the human species. Wow. So, fascinating stuff. Okay, so the learned experience that we spoke about or that you mentioned now is... um, where females are different from males is male get a sexual stimulus and immediately they have an or within minutes an erect penis and they can engage into sexual activity and have a release and then it's done and you're over. giving most of us a hell of a lot of leeway <laughs> <laughs> some of us for in a minute it's over so yeah so do you want a, a quickie or the full two minutes <laughs> <laughs> with a female it is about exploring understanding touching Trigger points to achieve desire, excitement, and then orgasm. So, Elise, when you say that, I immediately think of the studies that were done by Masters and Johnson. So, mm. if every, anyone ever looked at Netflix or there's uh, yes. the series Masters of Sex. So, it's not the mastering of sex. Masters, William Masters was a brilliant doctor. Um, and you know what? He was the first one to actually conduct Experiments on he sexuality. He had a willing secretary that wanted. Yeah, to no, no, be he, part he, of he, he did have that experience. But I mean, if you give give the social climate at the time, I mean, he he was a bit of a pariah at the at the Good. time. Well, you know, but let's stop there, Elise, and then we'll circle back to what Masters and Johnson described as the sexual response cycle. Um, a learned behavior. Now, for me, that immediately starts explaining why so many young women, and then especially older women, older women that we are encountering in our practice, um, have never experienced an orgasm. Because if we look at dogma, teachings, uh, religious beliefs, um, etc., etc., women were brought up, you don't touch, you don't do this, it's dirty, it's, it's wrong, it's sinful. And you know what, come on. Um, I think there's so many of our daughters, granddaughters, that are still um, exposed to this arc archaic form of you, you're not allowed to touch your own body, you're not allowed to pleasure yourself. Um, it's supposed to come from someone else who doesn't know what they're doing and just damn right fucking bad at it. And the other thing is, I think it brings us back to our few podcasts ago where we spoke about the new sexual revolution. Mm. We want... To make people aware that you can develop your IQ and your EQ about sexual health in females. And that's the learned experience we're talking about. So, you know what, I only, I don't think it's only that. I, I think it's exploring. Chris, did you know that there's 12 different ways for women to achieve an orgasm? How many are there for men? One. One. Well, two if you use both hands. (laughs) 
Now I'm curious. <laughs> if it takes long, you change left to right. <laughs> the muscle muscles ache is real. <laughs> so, but no, there's there's twelve. I mean, ways for women to exp- yeah. experience an orgasm. Now, the, the thing is that men do not understand, and I think this is what Elisa started to allude to, is that it's a complete full body experience. Mm. And when we mean full body, it doesn't involve just the physiology, your actual body. A phenomenally great part of this is the psychology, and uh, that's where um, I think 99% of uh, sexual dysfunction starts happening is that the psychology is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there's the social part, the sociology that comes with this. And the physiology. So uh, it's such it's such a complex thing. We still do not know at the current moment mm. how Exactly. Women achieve an orgasm. Even with the best imaging techniques that we have at the moment, the cortico-subcorticos networks, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there because this is how far we are, what no one understands what I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? No one understands what I've just said because we still don't know why women achieve an orgasm. There's no evolutionary benefit to it at the moment. It's something that is only described in a few species, and we'll go into that just now. But I want to bring Elise back into this. Elise, can, can we go to the brain where you just I think it's started important, yeah. with? Okay. So f- you mentioned that there's... 12 ways of women to achieve an orgasm. What is interesting, if you go into the brain imaging of those areas that is, that flares up when I have a, or the person, the woman has a nipple orgasm, for instance, it is a different part in the brain that flares up. It's more yes, central. Absolutely. Where the clitoral orgasm is more frontal. And, you know, it's different images that flares up with imaging of the brain mm. and that is the difference between why we say female orgasm and male orgasm males focus on one part of the brain and it's always the same and it's always the same For females it's different part of the brains it's your subconscious or your brain um um uh, what do you call the back part the brain of stem brain stem it it's totally different for females. so when I did the research on this topic, because believe me, I knew nothing about it. Oh, I do believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, one of the things that that came to the forefront is the sexual response cycle. Yeah. Um, and you have four phases, and we'll go into that. To go to come back a little bit to the anatomy, as I said, all mammals have clitorises. Who knew? Clitorides. Clitorides. Rides. Rides. Okay. That's the actual um, plural word for clitorides. We know that, and listen to this carefully, traditionally or historically, 
we thought it was only humans that engaged in sexual activities other than for the act of procreation. Actually, the majority of species, and I'm not talking primates, I'm talking the majority of species will not only engage in homosexual activities, but they will masturbate and often use objects as tools to masturbate with. I mean, that's mind-blowing. Your four species that are known to engage in sex for no reason other than um, pure enjoyment. Let's see how many you guess. I would say probably humans. Um, Pigs, I think. No. Okay, then I don't know. Okay, so I've spoken about these great apes before, and it's the bonobos, and we'll come back to that that because it will lead us into the next one. Spotted hyenas. Really? And? But they're creepy. Dolphins. I do know about dolphins, yeah. Dolphins will engage in sexual activity just for the peer pleasure. And what we know is that um, sex is used to strengthen social bonds. Right. But mostly, whether it's for procreation or not, it is to create dominance over other individuals or other species. Right. And this is the sad part. It can be done for procreation or non-procreation because of either duress or coercion. And I think, Elise, if we talk about learned behavior, if we look at the difficulties in women achieving sexual gratification or orgasm, um, we look at the, the physical, the hormonal, and the emotional things that contribute to this. And maybe we should start um, with emotional stuff, because for me, I still think that's where the biggest problem lies, and it lies in our churches, in our homes, in the way we bring up our girls and our boys. Okay, um, don't you think we must just start with the phases of the orgasm and then we can okay, understand so we go the into, different influences? We go into Masters and Young. These yeah, are decades, oh, sorry, Masters and Johnson, decades old um, research, but probably the most detailed research that we have to date. Around this, so let's go into the phases, Elise. Okay, so it starts off with your excitement phase, which can be also defined as desire and arousal, um, and 
this is the phase where different hormones are being secreted throughout the body and um, that prepares your genitalia for sexual interaction. Um, there's more blood flow, your pulse rate goes up and your blood pressure elevates. And the blood flow Engorges the clitoris and the labia, etc. But this is an excitement state. This is only when women either initiates or agrees. Yeah. Because you can skip the first phase during either coercion or sex under duress. Yes. You skip the excitement. And thing. that is the uh, another word for another explanation. It's about wish. Do I wish this or do I ris- is it a risk for me? That's yeah, yeah. the excitement. And it is that. It is about um, survival Correct. of either the species or survival of the individual. Mm. Sure. Okay. Second phase? All right. That, then you reach the plateau phase. Um, this is the um, build up as a precursor to for orgasm to happen Yeah, this is a te- building of attention Yeah, building of attention is this, is, is, is Sexual activity is happening here Yes, this is now During your excitement phase you, have, you made the wish Or you decided this is a risk And then that will give you the idea Of what am I doing Am I going to play with Or, f- or f- fight it So this is interesting When Elise says that During your Excitement phase You will focus Mostly On sexual stimuli Yeah In your plateau phase You solely Focus on sexual Sensory stimuli You don't feel anything else Yeah so then uh, in the plateau phase It's uh, all about the trigger points Right Um, And then uh, the trigger points um, stimulate what we call the hedonic hotspots in your brain. And that is where the body is preparing for this action that's going to happen. Mm. Your blood pressure elevates, your pulse elevates more, your respiration increases. There's increased blood flow to the um, distal third or the outer third of the labia. You know what? You can see it actually engorging. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is the most exciting phase of of the four phases of the whole. Um, yes, because you guys, as women, can stretch this out Absolutely. for hours. Absolutely, this phase also gives you your different orgasms. In the plateau ah, phase Right So you experience different orgasms Extreme sensitivity, skin sensitivity um, And then you get this uh, goosebump phase where, And that is the type of orgasms that you can be learned to be more intense So women can achieve an orgasm through non-genital stimulation of skin Yeah they can achieve an orgasm through kissing alone. Yeah. Sure. And I did not know this. I'm very jealous. Um, women can achieve an orgasm, shattering orgasm, looking at sexual imagery without any physical touch. Yep. If you get them into the plateau phase. Wow. 
Yeah. So I mean, it, that's, is that's learned, it is learned totally behavior. Sure. It's associations that's made in it's the NLP brain. almost. Mm. Neuro-linguistic programming. Precisely. Mm. And that's why it's so exciting. It's a learned thing. It doesn't stop. I don't open a book and I learn about orgasm. And then that's it for the it's life. It's a full body learned experience where Divine. you can actually take it further and further and mm. further. And then the orgasm, that orgasm, is where um, you get your contractions in the pelvic floor area and it's rhythmic contractions and it lasts about four to about a second yeah. for each contraction, yeah, but that eight, can last a yeah, couple and it's of about a second. And then um, during this phase, it's then the following one the way we call it the resolution, the fourth phase. As soon as you've reached that excitement or that high, I want to call it a high. It mm-hmm. is a high. And then you get your resolution, and that is where. The blood flow returns to normal. Your blood pressure drops again. Your pulse drops again. Your respiration goes, goes back to normal. And then you have this feeling of overall well-being. Happiness. So I, I, I want to ask a question here. Which phase? So you know that famous scene in Harry Met Sally where she's sitting in, in, in the diner and she, she does this fake orgasm where she's, oh, oh, that's, oh. that's your plateau. Phase. That's the plateau phase. So okay. I, I, on that, there's a couple of very interesting points. Humans are one of the only species that can have sex at any time throughout the estrel cycle. Oh, okay. Most other mammals, and especially primates, no, let me rephrase, most other mammals can only or will only engage in intercourse at the height of the estrus cycle. Women can do it. Human humans can do it at any point. That's in time. almost a, a learned behavior as well. So when we start looking and trying to figure out why the hell are women orgasming, um, it was something that's a evolutionary remnant. And there was no benefit of getting rid of it, but there's also really no benefit of keeping it other than forced strengthening social bonds. And we, we orgasmed because it allowed us to ovulate. Right. Now we're ovulating regularly, spontaneously, so the orgasm is no longer necessary. Except for extreme pleasure. Except for extreme pleasure. And there's so few women, Elise, that actually really do get them. I, I immediately go to one of my favorite TV shows, Mrs. Brown's Boys, and the two <laughs> old duddies are sitting in the bar and she's asking, um, Agnes, did you ever do one? What? Uh, the, the orgasmy thing, the humpy dumpy said, <laughs> no, and then, you know, the friend said, I've done two. Um, you know, there's this light that just came and the warmth that spread from down there throughout my body. And afterwards, all I did was lie there and cry. Oh, 
Um, the, the emotional component to an orgasm is so incredibly intense. Mm. And because sex for women is not just a physical act, for men it's, you know, it, we, we achieve an orgasm so that we can ejaculate. Mm. It's and the only reason. Procreate. And therefore yeah. procreate. But, but that's literally the only reason. Women don't, don't have that. For women, it is this whole body experience starting with psychology. Um, you know what? Am I feeling safe? Is this something that I want? Is this survival um, of me, of my unborn child, my child, my species? And... That's something that men don't understand. Foreplay for guys is not necessary. You get hard, you put it in, you take it out, done. Australian foreplay. Honey, I'm home. Um, whereas with women, you have to go through these phases. Some women can progress through a sexual phase quicker than men. So... Um, this is a two-part series, and I'm going to wrap up here. And in the next half an hour, in part two, we're actually going to talk about some of the dysfunctions, what goes wrong, and then how we at the T-Clinic, a specialized center for sexual functioning in both men and women through the use of medical prescription drugs, Prescribed and compounded supplementation, IV nutrients, neurotherapy, gut health can improve not only your well-being, but your quality of life and your sexual experience. Brilliant. Can't wait. We'll see you on the other side. This has been the T-Health Show with Dr. Mark and Chris Haven-Smith, sponsored by the T-Clinic. For more information, contact admin at thetclinic.com.